my sciatica is acting up. Mm. So I'm in a lot of pain. You poor thing. I know. It's a whole thing. That was actually why on Friday, my notes when I watched um, Daniel Isn't Real are so mm-hmm. funny because I was really high. And it's like, I remember the movie vividly. There was nothing like that, but it's like, I could not make myself take notes. It oh took gosh. like every fiber of my being because um i was i took an edible yeah and it took a long long time for any pain relief to kick in oh no but it was like i just felt like i was moving through water oh. <laughs> it was a very strange reaction and i had heart palpitations and oh. i was like not never again from this edible Mm-mm. but you know you always get scared it's like that meme where it's like these edibles ain't shit. And then suddenly you're like <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> exactly. We, um, that, uh, <laughs> that sudden rainstorm came through. Yes. And Jonathan was like, do you want to go dance in the rain with me? And I was like, no, I'm freezing. And he was like, fine. So he went outside and he was dancing around in the rain. And I was like, don't look like fun. So I went. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to dance in the rain. It's like, wait, I do. I do. I do. And it was so fun. We like jumped in mud puddles and ran around and danced and threw clumps of wet grass at each other. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> and then we came inside and took a very hot shower. And I'm still like, oh, God, oh, it was no. too hot. <laughs> it's one of those you boiled your innards. Yes, I did. <laughs> I'm soup. You're like, like a boiling bag. <laughs> My insides are all steamed and uh, everything's <laughs> oh, great. God. I'm picturing your insides as like cauliflower, as like broccoli. <laughs> I love it. And a couple red potatoes. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. 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 Okay, I dare you to say Bloody Mary three times. All right. Hello, everybody. You've got two-thirds of the spooky slumber party here tonight. It's true. We're missing Kelly. We are social distancing. We're missing Kelly. But that's okay. you got to give Scream Queens a night off every once in a while. It's true. She works hard. She does a lot. She needs. She needs some. She just needs some. Some Kelly time. She has some TLC. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. So, but you know, we're like, we we got some stuff to talk about. We got some stuff to check in. We could jump in. We could have our own tiny slumber party. Yeah, from just a, a little one from a distance. It's fine. It's fine. Um. <laughs> so you guys may have seen that we like to pop onto the old Instagram every once in a while. We do. We have fun with it. You guys got to keep your eyes open for those. It's true. Um, we usually don't decide to do them until very last minute. <laughs> so just make sure you're checking Instagram and you see the stories and yep. you just make sure you pop on there and be like, oh, Spooky Slumber Party is going to do a uh, is going to do a live video tonight. I really liked doing our makeup. That was I liked really it too. funny. It we was did super some, fun. We did some spooky clown makeup mm-hmm, and it was mm-hmm. hilarious. 
definitely check out our Instagram. We have yes. pictures of it on there. Yeah. I'm realizing I as I was staring at myself in the mirror after we did that, yeah. I was like, I don't know if this is actually a clown. It felt more like a like a like a like an emo scarecrow. Did you see my hashtags I put on the picture? I oh, put yeah, trash yeah. panda for me and I put <laughs> scarecrow. <laughs> trash panda scarecrow. That's us. Yeah. <laughs> In a nutshell, that's the spooky slumber party. <laughs> well, and you know what? That's pretty scary. Yeah, it is. It's haunting. Did you imagine you get up close to a scarecrow and then like this gnarly raccoon pops out and rah, like wants to rip off your face Whoa. with its little black gloved hands? <laughs> it's little it, it, with its thumbs. <laughs> God, they're so cute, but they're vicious. They are. They're rude. They're so <laughs> rude. If they were, oh, you know what? Tom Nook. Tom Nook is a raccoon. Tom Nook is a raccoon, and so are Timmy and Tommy. Did you notice that Timmy and Tommy follow you around like you're a fucking shoplifter? Yeah. So does Mabel, though. I got some bubble gum, uh, which is really cute. I got some holy blue tights. Cute. Yeah, I've been wearing that. Actually, I changed my outfit today to I wear the holy blue tights, my little converse, um, my bubble gum, a little tiny straw hat. It's like a little oh wee hat. Oh, my God, stop it. With a little ribbon that Scott gave me, and he also gave me a caterpillar costume. Oh. So that's been my ensemble. I love it. I love it so much. My my outfit today was pretty amazing. Um, so I'm in a Facebook group called Derby Crossing, and it's basically <laughs> people who are who play roller derby that also play Animal Crossing. <laughs> Love it. And people will post different things on there all the time. And so someone posted this whole. I have to send it to you because you'll die. Someone posted this whole album of clothes that people have designed that are all spooky or witch themed. <gasps> I got to send it your way, BB. Um, but uh, the, there's some spooky, fun Halloween ones in there. But then I, f- I was searching through and I found a little My Chemical Romance one. <laughs> it's the it's the Black Parade um, jacket. <laughs> yes! Oh, my so God! So I've been wearing that a lot lately. <laughs> Just with black pants and little black vans. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm Gerard Way. Ah! The best. <laughs> the best. I even did my hair short one day and did it super, super light gray. <laughs> and I was like, yes, it is me. I am Gerard. It's come full circle. It's come full circle. Yep. So it's pretty great. Remind me to send you that that little album because there's some really cute stuff in there. Oh, my God. I will. I'll be pestering you for it until I get it. Be like, hey, hey, is that a good time? Can you send it now? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of accounts on Instagram, too, for Animal Crossing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that you can share designs and things. It's so fun. I know. I love that, too. Oh, my God. Wait, should we introduce ourselves? (laughs) We never do. Every time. Every time. We never do. We never do. They figure it out eventually. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so we already mentioned the Scream Queen is MIA tonight. But yes, I'm Sandra. I am. Yes, I am Sandra. I'm the Lit Witch. Yay. I'm Emma. I'm the Derby Devil. And this is Spooky Slumber Party. Woo-hoo! This is the podcast where we talk about all things horror and horror adjacent, mm-hmm. like Animal Crossing Halloween costumes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We've been talking about like they went so hard on Bunny Day. For what, fucking easter dude like what are they gonna do for halloween i'm expecting some like really big stuff i'm so excited 
Yeah, like I'm expecting like full little vampire costumes. Oh my God, I had a vampire costume in my store the other day. I should have gifted it to you. They've been doing a couple, like I have a cowboy costume today, but the other day I had a, I had a vampire costume and it like (gasps) had, it has like a little suit underneath and like a cape and it's red and on the inside, it's very cute. I should have bought it. I should have gifted it to you. Damn it. (laughs) Well, see, I think that's why Scott got me the, the caterpillar one. It's just like, and it's so cute. It's just like, there's no head piece or anything to it it's just like the thorax of a caterpillar <laughs> we gotta get you a hat so you can you well can make I, one. I, I wear my tiny straw hat you know yes. that's what's what i've been wearing. perfect i was oh wearing a tulip in my hair and then i had a fancy easter hat and then i got the midsummer egg garland looking situation <laughs> i was wearing <laughs> oh my god that's amazing oh no you froze i know you froze too are we back i think we're back are we good yeah we're back scott cut that out well you know what can we do we're doing the best we can from isolation here we're doing the best we can you know at least we don't have a youtube channel where we keep people entertained with our crazy antics um we really do just sit at home and talk so (laughs) (laughs) that makes this quite easy that makes this much easier (laughs) i mean i do have a youtube show where i have to keep people entertained but that's mostly just us talking though thank you yes because you're on a set you're not like going out and trying to come up with content out in the world and stuff you know no same thing with genre junkies we just got to talk about books it's very relaxing So I I don't really have any more to say about quarantine updates for myself. I mean, I play Animal Crossing. I read. I watch some horror. Mm -hmm, Same. That's pretty much been my quarantine. Um, I've been baking, but not as much because I realize when I make a bunch of sweets, I eat all the sweets. Ah! And I'm not exercising as much as I was. So that's... Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Trying to be kind to myself right now with that situation. It's hard. And that's what everybody's saying. All your good voices out there, body positive people are like, Mm -hmm. just cut yourself some slack. We're all doing the best we can. Um, Like, you know, it's I'm still going for runs, but, you know, they're not how I want to be because they're just around my area because you're not supposed to drive someplace and go run. And all the parks are closed, which that's like what I primarily do is trail running. Right. I'm trying to avoid having to run with a mask on because I really hate doing it. Um, So like I try to plot out my routes where I'm like, okay, I know there's not going to be a lot of people here and I can see them. So then I can, you know, run like eight feet around them. Mm -hmm. It's all just, it's not the same though. None of it's the same. And so then my runs aren't really long and somebody called the ambulance for me and my, (laughs) hey, we're talking trivial things that concern us because the big things are actually too upsetting to talk about. It's true. It's true. We got to focus on the small things right now because those are manageable. <laughs> those are manageable. Those yeah. at least we can bitch about and like feel, oh, okay, it's all Feel good somewhat now. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Life's weird right now, man. I'm trying to like, actually, today's been my first really good day in a while. So that's been good. Oh yeah, this uh, was a ru- this was a bad week. It was a rough week. It's a bad. I feel like it was like I don't know. It just like was setting in that like yeah. we're gonna be doing this for a while longer and probably longer than we think. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know, but yeah, today was my first really good day in a while. It is Easter, the day that we are recording right now, it, yeah. and uh, it was sunny for a little while. So we got out in the backyard. We barbecued <gasps> and we oh my god um, sat in the sun. I've been saving a bottle of rosé in my fridge for specifically for when the sun came out. <laughs> <gasps> oh my god! So I got to drink some of that today. It was lovely. Um. Yeah, it was nice. My neighbor. Um, we share a backyard with them, so we're kind of 
quarantine buddies with them so right you don't really she like yeah. yeah so uh she put <laughs> she put a bunch of little candy eggs out in the yard and and we had a little egg hunt oh my god that's so cute for, for four grown-ass adults <laughs> <laughs> well you know as funny as scott and i actually we kind of made a late in the game plan we wanted to we wanted to host an easter Aww. and we were gonna have y'all stop over and stuff Aww, but then it just got too depressing and it was like Let's just, I mean, like, let's just not tell anybody we were going to do it because now it's just sad. Yeah. Because then it's like, hey, we were going to do this awesome thing. And then we but did But now it. we're not going to do it because <laughs> the world is really depressing. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay because at this point when we all get together, we'll also be celebrating Scott's birthday. Yes. Cinco de Mayo. So. Oh, my God. I really hope. I really hope we can. I know. Otherwise, no, we will. We will. Actually, we probably won't. It might be delayed. If anything, we'll we're going to come stand outside your guys' apartment and <laughs> throw confetti and and bring booze. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It sounds like a party to me. He really wanted a karaoke party. So y- y'all going to sing, too. Sure, sure. Perfect. We'll do it. We'll do it. <laughs> I love it. Wait, what's your go-to karaoke song? I've never actually done karaoke. What? what? Hot That's take. wild. That's wild. Hot take. Never done it. Crazy. What's yours? Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I believe in a thing called love. Oh yes, super fun. But when I'm a little, a little more on the tipsy side, um, Rihanna comes out and I do. Bitch, better have my money. (laughs) (gasps) Nice. So, but that's only when I've had at least three, maybe four drinks. So, what about S and M by Rihanna? Ooh. Oh, what? Oh. What? Who's she? Who's oh. she? Yeah. <laughs> Have not attempted. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I don't want to get your hopes up, but I'm saying let's do it. I'm down. We'll I'm do super a duet. Down. Let's do it. Or a trio with Kelly. With Kelly. S, 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 M, M, M. That's like a little preview right there. That's your amuse bouche. That's your little amuse bouche for our future karaoke party. Um. Should we get down to brass tacks? Yes. Let's do it. Okay. What so are we talking about let- this episode? Oh, I was going to let you say. Oh, let me do it. Okay. All right. Well, this episode, we are, um, you know, we're in quarantine and we've been watching a lot of horror. So we're talking about some uh, some Shutter original things today. Yeah. Two, two different things. One of them a series, the other a film. <laughs> 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 Why are you laughing at me? I'm trying really hard. No, I no, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at one is a series, the other a film. Uh, a film. <laughs> it's very James Lipton vibes. Rip. Mm, yeah, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. So the first thing we're talking about today is cursed films. Woo! Very exciting. Um, I am loving cursed films. As of recording time, there's three episodes. Mm-hmm. And we've both seen all of them, right? Uh-huh. Um, and I love the opening credits. It's so pretty. And like I love the music. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're both huge dorks for um, horror documentary. Just horror history in general. Yeah. God, I just love it. I love it so much. I love seeing how films are made. I love yeah. seeing the crazy shit that went down on set. Yes. I just, I love special effects makeup and, and, um, practical effects all that good stuff makes me mm-hmm. so happy and I'm, yeah this dude curse films has it all 
it has it all and like i love um how it's like it's kind of funny but like and then it's kind of spooky but then they also bring a lot of like humanity into it because they talk about some of the folks that have died and it's like that really sucks and this isn't like a fun thing because people really died Mm -hmm. and they also bring up some some skepticism and stuff like i don't know it just seems like they weren't just like we're gonna count down the most cursed moments ever Like, it's not bro-ish, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's not like Travel Channel countdown kind of thing. It's Which very, God like, knows we love. Uh, we do. We do love them. But, you know, time and a place. Time um, a place, people. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Chris Films was awesome. So, they've done three episodes so far. Mm-hmm. They've done The Omen, um, The Exorcist, and Poltergeist. Yes. Which are three of our faves. Yeah, they are. They're, they're like three of the holy like trinity yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> um i think that my favorite episode to air thus far was the exorcist one mm-hmm. um but i think it was really interesting the omen one because i didn't really know a lot of that stuff about the omen mm-hmm. i had more like trivia knowledge of poltergeist and um exorcist right um what do you have a favorite of the three so far of the three um, I think the Exorcist episode is my favorite, but I really, really appreciated the Poltergeist episode. Yes. Yes. And that, I mean, I just think, I, I think it's really interesting that they talked about all of the, like, potential cursed, cursedness about it, I guess. Yeah. And then all of the people who worked on the film were like, dude, two, two wonderful, beautiful young women died. And yes. to say that that was because of a cursed film. That's like, fucked up. Fuck you. <laughs> you yeah. know. Yeah. Like, oh my God. No, this film was like was a fantastic project. Yeah. Yeah, the second and third ones weren't, you know, they're not super proud of them. Because, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. um, yeah, I just thought it was super interesting. And also about the the guy who did the special effects in the in the movie mm-hmm. um, where he was talking about how everybody talks about how it's a cursed movie because they used real human skeletons right. from from India and that and they were these bodies were disgraced and so they cursed the film and he's like okay so any movie you've seen that has a skeleton in it that's a that's a real human skeleton yeah <laughs> like, exactly it is because no one's gonna pay a sculptor to sculpt a whole a whole skeleton when they could just go buy a cheap skeleton yeah. it's like so much cheaper to just get one rather than pay someone to make one you know and especially and back like, in the day now it's not like now where somebody could like like that could be their job as they just turn out skeletons to have on hand right like yeah. yeah um no i loved that point too and that one i mean that's never been fully founded if those were all dead real dead bodies yeah, or not real or not it's like even if they were like literally in every movie in every movie, in yeah. every old movie, there if you see a skeleton, that was a person. That that's a person. That's a yep. person. That's a person. It's a drinking game. Take a shot every time you see a real dead person. <laughs> um so the poltergeist one is a little bit near and dear to my heart because as mm-hmm. much as I've always been a fan of the first movie and I liked the second movie, I've actually come to appreciate the second movie a lot more. And on the cult show, we got to have Michael Grayson, who oh, yeah. wrote the first and second one. And he was the most um, 
charming, sweet, down-to-earth person. He's written so much cool stuff in Hollywood and yeah. TV and everything. But, um, you know, we didn't bring up the deaths with him. We talked a little bit about the curses at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah, because... And, like, Michael brought up some of it, too. Like, um, the gentleman who plays the Reverend in the second movie. Mm-hmm. Because, like, he looks so shockingly creepy. And Michael's like, yes, because that man was really dying. Yeah, I, I didn't know that until he told me that, and then it was in the episode too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then how in the third movie they did a they did a life cast of his face so that oh. the actor could they could keep that character in the film after he how, had passed. What an incredible legacy! Yeah. And like he's really good in that role. He is scary he's incredible. So scary. He's so scary. And Michael had also told us on there about the Native American gentleman who's in the second one, and uh, he you know he's really a shaman, and they were having having weird things on set and he really came and like blessed the set and was like Mm -hmm. he was basically like all clear (laughs) like like, and like it's so i i don't know and what's kind of an overarching theme of the show is like what is cursed what does that really mean Mm -hmm. could anything be cursed because we only hear about cursed horror films Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah what was the diagram that that guy was talking about where he was like you can talk about cursed horror films yeah and then you can talk about cursed any other film, yeah. any other genre. And then you can talk about not cursed horror films. Yes. <laughs> and then yeah. you could talk about not cursed whatever else, like literally any other film. Yeah. And and it's like, why are we so hyper-focused on on the horror? Right. Yeah. As I, no, I hadn't it, thought about it that way. Any sort of psychology behind like coincidence and stuff is really, really interesting to look into. Coincidence and... um what do you call it when you believe in like throwing salt over your shoulder? Oh, superstitious. Superstitious. (laughs) Very superstitious as the song I'm a little stitious. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That there's so much behind that that's like, wow, it it could really just be in our heads. I do believe in coincidence. Mm -hmm. I do believe in it. And I do believe in like a little divine intervention. But I also think if you're looking for a pattern, you will find one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I like it. Um, talk to me about the omen. Talk to me about the omen episode. <laughs> talk to me about the omen. No, the uh, the omen episode. The that omen. one, like I said, that was interesting because I didn't know a lot of that stuff going into it, and that was some pretty creepy shit. Like, mm-hmm. you know, sp- such a great movie. Um, so then in that one, they feature three magical gentlemen. <laughs> as as far as I know, they're all male identifying they all appeared male yes um so we're just gonna go with that but uh anyway so uncle birch who's not in it very much he's kind of like um a run of the will one of the <laughs> oh my god run of the will of the wisp um not edible still <laughs> doing its damage <laughs> edible shit oh, <laughs> um he's like a wiccan dude and he says some good stuff um, I'm f- I was familiar with him, mm-hmm. like from being a presence on the internet. Um, and yeah, and oh, I thought you've seen him before. Okay, yeah, and I thought he said some good stuff. I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. And yeah, he made some interesting points. Then um, there was a gentleman who, well, both of the other two are left hand path 
basically, folks, which the left-hand path is not necessarily bad, but they do work with more malicious stuff. And I'm not a left-hand path expert by any means. And then they also, um, they basically like they embrace things that are like taboo by society. Like, it, like oh, you can't do that because that's not nice or that's not polite or morally correct. And they're like, well, who says what's morally correct? Oh. And so they just kind of like, you know, kind of do do what thou will is kind of their vibe. And that doesn't mean they're bad people, evil people, anything like that. But like, as opposed to the type of um, magic that is my background, where we're all the love, light, positivity right. people, they're kind of like on the other end of things. Like they don't believe in the threefold rule. That's what I was going to ask you about yeah. specifically about that, because he like they had a uh, he actually like performed some kind of like curse or spell. Yeah. And yeah. And I was like, but what about that? Like that? I didn't remember what it was called, but I was like, what about that three rule? Right. You no. Know? Right. Was, and I was like, this guy's going to like get some meat, some terrible shit back. <laughs> So yeah, like, that's... I've watched the craft, man. Like, I know. <laughs> hey, man, I know. Okay, no, they're um, they're on a completely like. There's a million different ways to be a witch and a magical practitioner, and um, like the way a lot of people think of it is is like Wicca, which is like super super positive. But even a lot of positive people are not like Wiccan. But there's a lot of folk magic and different cultural magics that believe in curses and hexes. And doing that to people, and they're not bad people. That's just what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm. Co- but what is their thought process behind it? Why do? They, why don't they feel like that? That would be a would make a negative impact. It's. I mean, I guess they just feel like it's the same as I don't know, keying somebody's car or something. Like they just don't Fuck care. Up. They want vengeance. <laughs> it is fucked up. And like, I've always been honestly very skeptical about if you can exert your will over somebody. That's always been one of those like lines where I'm like, I don't know that that's true. Honestly, I don't. I mean, I guess if you're, I don't, I don't know. But so you want a little story time that's relative oh, of course. to this? Oh my God, yes. So a number of years ago, um, I needed a job and I went on an interview for a magical company that um, was not local. So this would be like working remotely. Mm-hmm. And uh, they did a lot of different kinds of uh, different types of folk magic, some different voodoo practices and stuff like that too. And the interview was going well. I knew a lot about, you know, magical stuff and occultism and everything. And like I told them, you know, like how I believe and stuff. And they're like, yeah, no, this is great. They're like, but here's the thing. How would you feel if somebody tells you, I need you to do this work for me, this ritual, this spell, because I want somebody's life to be ruined or I want something bad to happen to a person. I want want this person to die. (gasps) What? And this was so not your typical job interview. And and like the reason you could work remotely is because they have clients all over the country, all over the world. What company is this? Huh? What company is this? I can't tell you. We can bleep it out. Or just no, 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 no. I'll tell you later. Okay. I'll tell you later. Okay. But um, anyway, and they were like, so I want you to really think about this because we want you to work here. But, but you might have to do that. You might have to do that. You will have to do that. You will have to do that. 
no. And I do you told- believe in the in the threefold rule? Is that is that part of? Oh yes, what you believe? I yes. definitely okay. believe in the threefold rule. So you were like, like I said, fuck no. And that's what I told them. I was like, I'm all love, light, positivity stuff, and you know, like that's where I'm from. And I told them honestly, I don't even, I don't even think I believe in this that you can curse somebody or hex somebody or exert your will over another person i was like I, i'm not even sure i believe that and they were like well it's okay like you don't you don't have to believe it but you have to do it for somebody else oh and God. if something does come of it you have to be okay with that because oh, they wild interview <laughs> yeah because they'd had people that had said oh yeah i'll be fine because i don't believe in it and then you know something happens and then they're like fuck i can't live with this on my conscience Yeah. And so I, you know, they said, don't accept the job or deny the job right now. Just like, go think about it. And I thought about it and I told, you know, Scott and everything. And it was like, yeah, it was like wild because it was like, gosh, I just even though I'm not sure I believe in it, I'm not sure I could do it. And that's what I told them. I did tell them, like, thank you so much. And, you know, best of luck to you. But I just in case like something happened, I could never forgive myself. Yeah. So that's my... That's what a wild, wild opportunity. Yeah. And they're a great company, too. I bought stuff from them. They're lovely people. But, you know, I don't know. I just I can't I can't go into that negative stuff Mm-mm. in my life. And I don't think it's worth it because it's like I think if someone's wronged you or they're like your enemy, you need to let that go. Like Move you forward. need to. Mm-hmm. Like that's the whole concept of forgiveness is you're not saying like it's OK what you did to me, but I'm not going to be a slave to what you did to me. hmm. And I, I just couldn't promote that unhealthy attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. I know. Damn, dude. That's some heavy shit. I know. Wow. How long ago was that? Um. Oh, gosh. It was a number of years ago. Probably six years ago. Damn, dude. I know. So, I don't know. People are out there and they're doing it. And it's nothing new. I mean, it's been around since... That, like, makes me nervous. Like, I never want to piss anyone off because I don't know who I'm pissing off. You got to be nice to people. I mean, I'm already a nine on the Enneagram. I avoid conflict at all costs. So hopefully that's <laughs> helping me. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, and I think, I okay, here's also my belief is if it is true, if it is real that you can exert will over somebody like that, I think if you are like a positive, spiritual, not religious, but a positive, mm-hmm. spiritual individual, that that stuff isn't going to work on you. Yeah. I think it's just going to kind of deflect off like Teflon. Yeah. I feel like that's similar to like, I don't know, the thought process in, in Christianity and like Catholicism that like, if you have, if you have Jesus, if you, if you've like accepted the Lord, then like the demons can't, can't, um, you can't, basically you can't get possessed, you know, like demons right. can still fuck with you, but you know, they're, they're, they cannot come inside you. Right. And I feel like that's, that's similar, similar thought process. <laughs> similar thought proceeds definitely completely different ideologies but similar thought process yeah mm-hmm. um so that kind of brings me to the exorcist episode oh let's do it that one was super fascinating um God, yeah. on so many levels mm-hmm. um i love linda blair i think she's incredible she's amazing and i feel for her dude Oh, my God. Oh, my God. God. She went through some shit. Well, and the fact that, like, there's stuff she won't talk about. And she's very polite but very firm about it. Yeah. For her, you know, for her safety and her well-being. And it's just like, oh, my God. Because you can only imagine the things people must have said to her. Oh, my God. Yeah. And the threats and the letters and people driving by her house. like As as a child. 
She was a kid. She was a child. And I'm and, sure it's lasted throughout her entire life. Yes. And she got typecast. Yeah, she typecast and like she's an incredible was an incredible actress and she just got stuck in that role and yeah. oh um i thought it was interesting the point that they made about how like no one gives a shit about the kid who played damien in the Omen. yes were you trying to talk about the same yeah, thing that was i was gonna say yep yes dude yeah. um same wavelength uh yeah no one gives a shit about the kid who played Damien? Who where is he now? No one knows. No one <laughs> Off knows. the top of their head, you know. No. And but everyone knows Linda Blair as the possessed girl, and because and, and they bring out it's a gender bias. It's gender bias, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like that is messed up. And like she was so cute in that movie. Oh my god, she's so precious. She's precious. Um, she also I think made a good point. Um, talking about she calls him Bill, but William Friedkin, the director, mm-hmm. who you know he. He did some uncool stuff. Yeah. And they outline that. But as she says, he's a oh, genius. With the, with the, um, with the bed, with different, the bed thing, and, yeah. she, you know, different stuff did Ellen Burstyn and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And it's like, he's a genius. And, that's kind of like when you're working with that kind of person, they're mm-hmm. gonna do crazy stuff, and that yeah. doesn't make it okay. Yeah. But it was interesting that she, um, she didn't really villainize him about it. Yeah, it was kind of I don't know if it felt a lot like a person who's made peace with that situation. Yeah, totally. I'm sure she's gone through all of the therapy, all of the like self processing that she has needed to do in her life. She just seemed so at peace with it. Yeah. Like she's very firm about the things she does not want to talk about. Yeah. The things that she's willing to talk about. She, she, you can tell she's like, yeah, it was fucked. It was yeah. really fucked up. She's really candid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but they're also like, he's a genius. He made an incredible film and I'm glad I was a part of it. And yeah, she's just, I have a lot of respect for her. She's me an amazing, too. And she's like, woman. now she like devotes her life to like dog and animal rescue. And I'm like, rescuing puppers. It's like, get in here. You're so perfect, man. I love her. I love her. Um, so I think one of the reasons why that was my favorite episode was from when they look at the quote unquote real possession cases. Oh my god. Do you call bullshit on that exorcist? 100%. Thank um, you. Oh I my god. I think that they did such a classy job with they didn't have to say anything. You just see the people counting out the money. And it was like mic drop. Like yep. you don't got to you don't got to say anything. Let Especially for a guy who who apparently just went through an exorcism for him to be just sitting up just like counting out how many? I don't even know how much he was paying him. It was a lot. It was a lot. And I was just like, someone who just went through a supposed exorcism probably would not be like physically able to be doing right. this right now. Like this- exorcisms are rough. <laughs> <laughs> that was rough. Yeah, the science and psychology of exorcisms and possession is really fascinating to me. Very like, interesting. Very. Should I tell my possession story? Oh, please, please do. You know what? Should we talk about Danielism Real on the next episode? Because I feel like we're going to be here for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll see. We'll see how fast we get through it. So here's my thing. Um, Why I don't believe in possessions by Sandra. Oh, okay. So 
back oh when when the lit witch was but a small lit witch i was we um fresh lit witch <laughs> yeah i was fresh off the fresh off the crop little lit witch here fresh off the presses yeah <laughs> presses perfect um i was probably oh let's say let's say she was eight let's say she oh, was eight small um, bean yeah so my aunt and uncle and cousin went to this church that was um really emphatic shall we say they were and this is i'm not coming at you if this is anybody's religion but they were a type of pentecostal oh and, <laughs> and like you know speaking in tongues rolling in the aisles the whole yeah well yeah exactly <laughs> the whole she bangs she bangs <laughs> and they were really into the church and they were doing a big Christmas production and they needed kids to be in it. And I'm, you know, like a little singing, dancing child. And so my cousins and my sister and I all went to be part of the show. And it was, you know, pretty harmless. Nothing spooky was going on at the, you know, Christmas rehearsals. And it, was a, it was a big production. There was costumes, there was puppets. It was like a whole thing. Mm -hmm. And one night, we'll never forget, this was like a weeknight rehearsal. And... There's this kid, he was a teenager. I, you know, I can't tell how old he was looking back 16 or 17, let's mm -hmm. say, maybe 18. And he was in the show and he was one of the like leads. And he came into rehearsal and he had a bad attitude, probably because he's a teenager. Yeah. And he was being little asshole <laughs> and really rowdy and talking back to the director who was also uh the preacher it was like it, i want to say it was a husband wife and father like three people were the preachers of this church and, and they were like a family and like he's getting into it with the director and it's getting heated so the Two of the pastors are like, let's take this outside. Let's step outside. And we're all like watching through the window because like, this is like insane. And everybody's like, oh my God, what should we do? And suddenly in the midst of the screaming, the kid like breaks down and he starts sobbing and they bring him back in. And the lady preacher's all fired up. And she said, that was not me and Billy. I don't remember his name. That was not me and Billy arguing outside. That was me and Satan arguing outside oh no and she was so upset and she's like and this was part of like it's in retrospect it's really funny at the time it wasn't funny but she said put those puppets down because <laughs> we weren't there was puppets on the show and the puppeteers <laughs> oh, no. we're talking about an exorcism kids put exactly those puppets down put those puppets down and we all had to gather around him no. and lay hands and get the devil out and perform a group exorcism that's not how that works and i remember we were really scared and so we were like touching our aunt who was like touching him and you know and basically the exorcism goes on and it was success and we got the devil out of the boy that night <laughs> congratulations and, and i remember thinking even as a kid, I was like, this is fake. Like, I was scared because it was scary. It's always scary when people get confrontational and yeah. shit. But I was like, this is so fake. He was being a brat. He was just being a brat. And these being people normal, bullied normal, him. Kid, yeah. yeah, and these people bullied him into thinking that his emotions, oh, no, his no. feelings aren't real. And that's like the devil doing that. 
He was just bullied. Like, he's not possessed. And it just kind of made me very skeptical for the rest of my life. Like, I mean, I'm open. I'm open to the idea of negative spirits. Cultures all over the world for Mm -hmm. thousands and thousands of years have had negative spirits Mm -hmm. in their belief system. So I'm open to there could be negative spirits out there. And maybe even a demon, if you want to call it that. Mm -hmm. But um, possession, nah. Nah. It's going to be a no for me, dog. I feel like knowing what I know about, um, lo- I mean, so like the Warrens, Lo Ed and Lorraine, Ed and Lorraine. God bless them. Oh my God, that couple. Um, Jonathan and I were actually talking about them the other day, and we were talking about like how, um, you know, all of the work that they did and all of the the stories that they have. Um, you know, especially Lorraine later in life. Um, mm-hmm. it's just like I can't not believe it. You know, like oh, you know, there's okay. Here's so you know the Warrens are very controversial. Oh yeah, totally. But and, I adore them. <laughs> uh, no, I I think they're wonderful, fascinating mm-hmm. people. Um, hundred percent. Um, and I really admire that when they would go on cases for people, they charged you for basically travel expenses. Oh, and that was it. They didn't charge people money. Oh, God bless them. And I like that because that brings a lot of legitimacy. Yeah, to what they, they were just doing. Were passionate about what they were doing. Yeah, and I do think that they were helping people with different entities going on. Yeah. But I think the possession part for mm-hmm. me is psychological. Oh, okay. And it's maybe it's a way of dealing with stuff or dealing with things you're scared of or dealing with things in your life or dealing with guilt from what you perceive to be sin or mm-hmm. you know there's cuz it's only like really uber religious people that get possessed not always who name me one derpy devil i mean some of the cases that the warrens did some of those families weren't religious at all but they knew enough like i think if you don't know you know what i mean that's where my that's where my skepticism about possession comes Mm -hmm. in yeah yeah i feel you i can see i can see your thought process maybe just it's just because i've been raised christian my whole life and i've been raised with the Supposed knowledge of, of you know, hell and demons and right. all of that shit. Basically, I've been raised with the fear of God in me about demons. So. <laughs> demons? Like, I'm not getting possessed. <laughs> no, no vacancy, demons. No vacancy. There's Jesus in my heart. <laughs> are you, are you, like, maybe possessions are real? They're 100% real? I think they're real. Yes, I do think they're real. I think it is possible for your for someone to uh to either open themselves up or for um I think just in general, I'm sure a demon could like work its way in over time. Mm-hmm. Um and possibly this isn't this might be a great segue into Daniel isn't real. Um <laughs> it's like a splinter mm-hmm, and it just mm-hmm. <laughs> yes lay down yes so i don't know um i guess i i feel like i do i do believe in them um they definitely i mean we don't know they're not as i feel like they don't happen as much as they used to i guess (laughs) well you know in this economy in this gig economy economy, demons can't just go hopping around from person to person Um, (laughs) anyways millennials kill demons (laughs) We did it. We done did it. We done <laughs> we did killed, it. We killed the demon industry. We killed the possession <laughs> industry. But so we watched okay, too so, many horror movies. <laughs> we so know I guess, your secrets. <laughs> I guess in the Venn diagram of our conversation, we're both like negative entities are there. 
Mm-hmm. There's they're there, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like once they get into people, we kind of aren't on the same page, which is totally fine. We don't have yes. to agree. That's, That's what makes life interesting. Indeed. It all comes down to we don't know anything at all. <laughs> we really don't. It's all we could just... be completely wrong about everything we believe, and that's okay. That's okay. Yep. Just being humans, man. It's rough yep. work. We're just using, we're just finding ways that we appreciate and uh, that help us get through this crazy life. <laughs> oh, oh, but you do believe there are charlatans out there who say they're exorcists like that. Dude. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Like yeah. the guy in the in the um, the exorcist episode. Oh, my God. That guy's yeah. no charlatan. I don't I don't I don't believe it. Mm-mm. I feel like there are a lot of people. I mean, when I was in um, uh, YWAM, uh, Youth with a Mission. Um, I feel like I saw that shit all the time of people and you being were like, like fake, and I was like, really? Like, just you just think everyone's got a little demon in them? It's just like, yeah, get out, demon of of laziness and all of this stuff. And I was just like, <laughs> they're just tired. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck, dude. Like, You're it like, doesn't have to be it? a demon of something, you know? Yeah, You're we're like, all human. Exactly. It doesn't always have to be a demon. Sometimes people just have problems. Sometimes people just have problems. Have you seen The Last Exorcism, that movie? I have not. (gasps) Future episode. Future episode. Hot take. Hot take. Hot take. Great movie. Cool. Great movie. All right. I'll Um, check it out. So should we segue to Daniel? I think we should. I think this is a great segue because it is a interesting film that brings both mental health and demons into play. Um, are we going to spoil it? Hell yeah, we're going to spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> so consider yourself I got to talk people. about this. We got to talk about this. So I'm going to go through my notes. Okay, so basically we talk we're it. talking about the film Daniel Isn't Real. You can find it on Shudder. It is a Shudder original. Uh, it's about a um, quick synopsis, no spoilers. It is about a kid who has an imaginary friend that forces him to do something really shitty when he's a kid. So he locks him away, and then later in life, his therapist encourages him to maybe bring that friend back, even though it's not a good friend. <laughs> and it's uh, not quite imaginary. Not quite imaginary. Um, <laughs> All right, so spoilers my- from here on out. If you haven't watched Daniel in Real and you want to watch it, just turn this off right now. <laughs> Go watch it and then come back and listen to the rest of it. Here's my two elevator pitches. I can't wait. Emo Drop Dead Fred for teens. <laughs> That's one. I mean, you're not wrong. That was the first one. Second one. Donnie Darko meets Don't Look Under the Bed. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> those are my elevator pitches. Perfect. Um, I do love me some Mary Stuart Masterson. Mm-hmm. We love us some Mary Stu. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, she classed the fuck out of this movie. She classed the fuck out of it. Now, here's the thing. I actually did like this movie. I didn't love it. Mm-hmm. It was a solid like for me. That's how I felt, too. Yeah. But I like a lot of the things that come up with this movie. Mm-hmm. I think it has a lot of good discussion. Yeah. Uh, it's ripe for discussion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go through some of my like more surface level things. And then you can okay. chime in. Let's go. Daniel's dress-up outfit. It's an undone white shirt with an undone tie and I believe a smoking jacket. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I said, sorry, actually, where did the clothes come from? Because he's constantly changing clothes. Constantly. He, he's a snazzy dresser. 
At one point, he wears an orange blouse. At another, a silk robe. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah, that robe was fire, though. Um, <laughs> um, it's so funny. The way he was dressing and just the way he carries himself, the confidence. Yeah. I was like, he he's a theater kid, 100%. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> my next note about uh, this Daniel. So it's, um, I don't remember his first name, but he's a Schwarzenegger baby. He is, yes. Um, I said Terminator's child in my notes. <laughs> Terminator's child. And I said overacting, stagey, but good. Still good. Still good. He He did well. But the whole time I was just getting this feeling of like, um, like this guy that just like t- just thinks he knows it all and is just like hot shit and like yeah. knows it and like reminded me of like guys I knew who were theater kids in high school. Yes, like oh the overconfident theater kid. But then like he would tell, uh, what's our main character's name again? Oh, um, he was so uh, sweet. I love him. He was so good. He's a great actor. He was fantastic. Oh my god, what was his name? What was his name? What's his name? Daniel isn't real. Oh, tell me. We have to look this up. I gotta look it up. I have to know. Um, oh. But base- oh. The character was Luke. Luke, 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 Luke. Miles Sweet Robbins Luke. and Patrick Schwarzenegger, respectively. Right. Um, so yeah, I was just I would just laugh at just this this confidence of that just reminded me of a high school theater kid. But then he would tell Luke to do something and Luke would do it and it would work. And I was just like, the fuck? Like, it's not supposed to work. Yeah. It's not supposed to Like, your confidence is too high right now. Like, that's not going to work. <laughs> like, tone it down, Daniel. Ooh, Jesus Christ, Mr. Schwarzenegger. Um, I did um, I did really like the whole opening of the film. I mean, it's hard to watch. It's, it's scary. Right. Because it starts with basically a mass shooting out of nowhere. You're not um, expecting it, yeah. And then, of course, the little boys meet on the, you know, yeah. like, basically right after it happens yeah um i thought that was really smart storytelling Mm -hmm. and i liked how at first daniel was very appealing Mm -hmm. you can see why you know well kids are you know trusting and innocent anyway but why he could like rope him in so well Mm -hmm. and you know and Luke has all these problems at home. He's dealing with family trauma. He just needs a friend. Yeah, and it's just like it's just like the perfect storm mm-hmm. for this 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 Daniel to get in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he, yeah, he really just needed a friend. He needed a comfort. And um, I also thought it was interesting when mo- when the mom finds him at the park, <gasps> and and he says, "Mom, can Daniel come with us?" And she yeah. goes, "Who's Daniel?" He's like, "He's right here." And she's like, "Okay." Daniel, would you like to come home for dinner? <laughs> it's just like, it reminded me of almost kind of like a vampire situation where it's like, oh, she invited him in. Now he's invited in. Yeah. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. you're actually onto something about that. Yay. I actually kind of think there's a subtext there. Oh, yeah. Um. So Did we mentioned. No, I just that's like one of those. Mm, I think yeah. there's something to that. Yeah. And that's going to it's going to loop around, I think, in a minute mm-hmm. in our discussion. Oh, yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about the two girls in the movie, though, Cassie and Sophie. Oh, yeah. I thought they were both really great. Great actresses, yes. Great actresses. Great. I really liked the roles, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt that it was interesting that Cassie, the artist, she is not neurotypical either. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, I can get why there would be a connection there. Yeah. 
And um, I, I just liked seeing that on screen because she wasn't, in my opinion, neither of them were either Manic Pixie or Mary Sue's. No. But yeah, they were like a lot more fleshed out than that. Definitely. And Dan, um, I'm sorry, Luke asking for consent was not lost on me. So hot. That was totally, <laughs> yes. And that oh was, my God. <laughs> and I did after after I wrote all my notes and everything, I did read a rumoric interview with the filmmakers. Uh-huh. And they said that was really important because they want to send a message. That Luke is a good guy. That Luke is a good guy and that people should ask for consent before doing things to other people. Yeah. And that it also, like, that that's like, that's the big message is just ask. Mm-hmm. Ask, ask, ask people. But then especially that he is a good guy. Yeah. As opposed to Daniel, who doesn't ask for consent. The girl is so, is willing, but yeah. So just as a as a person, woman to woman right now, does that not turn you on so much? It's so much better. <laughs> oh, my God. Just a little, is this okay? Is like, oh, boy. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, talk to me. No, not anything salacious. Just communicate oh my god it's so hot (laughs) treat me like a person treat me like a person Mm. because for so long in in all forms of movie and tv and even some books you know they just get right into the action Mm -hmm. and it's like nobody's putting on a condom no one's asking permission Mm -hmm. they're just getting no foreplay just going right in and i'm like oh dive in ouchie ouchie (laughs) swan dive with your junk into another person's junk and that's interesting, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, the the difference between Luke and the sex scene where he's, yeah. you know, asking and it seems really like loving and intimate. Yeah. And and then later when Luke is like, I don't want to hook up with Sophie and Daniel's like, if you're not going to do this, just let just let me take over. It's not yeah. cheating if it's not you. Yeah. And so he like convinces him to do it. And he does the whole like thing, you know, yeah! where the face is all coming. It's crazy. That was pretty and cool. then And then he just goes for it. Like, yes! doesn't say, is this okay? He just goes over and starts kissing her. And she's like, oh, okay, I guess we're doing this. Yeah. And, and it's like kind of funny when she says it. Yeah. Yeah. But at, but then you you see how intense and aggressive he is. And it's just like. And not oh, personal. Ew. Ew, 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 ew. This is There's, just for him. Yeah. This is. Oh, my God. It was, she could be anybody. Like, is kind of like the feeling yeah. I get. She's not important as a person. Yeah. And it's it's such a huge difference between those two characters and archetypes of humans. Mm -hmm. And I said, Daniel Israel, a real pervert in all caps. (laughs) Of course, he's just their turkey lurking. You were high when you wrote when you (laughs) thought this. You know this is how my notes are. That's true though. (laughs) Your greasy strangler notes were just a masterpiece. That was my dissertation. Um, This one, too, as much as I like Cassie, I said, oh, my God, Cassie's painting of Luke looks like Twilight Edward fan art. Yes, it totally (laughs) does. I was totally getting also Wedding Crashers vibes Mm -hmm. when, like, the brother, like, paints him and he's like, it's violent and sexual. And it's like him, like, (laughs) oh, my God. Yeah, it was very funny. Um, like the only important part of that painting was the shadow, obviously. But like yeah. just looking at Luke, I'm just like, Meh. I don't understand why she thinks this is her greatest work. Like she puts it on her yeah. business card. <laughs> she she like, put it on her business card. And I'm I like, because like, she loved Twilight. <laughs> Deep she down, she only, really loved Twilight. She was Team Edward all the way. Oh, and no. I think it's also like he's got that. 
even though Edward doesn't have that floppy hair, there's just something so like, this is like my art and I drew Edward because I love him. <laughs> oh, it's so good. He's a little bit sparkly. It's a little. Oh, I also, there's, it's not a big, big part of the movie. God, we almost should have put this as a trigger warning at the start of it, but they make some super flu jokes. Did you catch that? Yeah. When um they're chilling in the dorm room and they're doing the coke. Uh-huh. Right before they go on the adventure, mm-hmm. they're they're making some super flu jokes, and I said super flu jokes. Yeet, <laughs> yeet, yeet that right? How did I miss that? Oh my I mean, god! It's like three lines of dialogue or something. Is it like a- happening in the background while Daniel is talking to? Yeah, Luke? yeah. Okay, that's probably why I missed it then. It was enough in the foreground that again I was like, oh, oh, jeez, yikes, 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 yikes. And how many things are there? Super flute jokes too. I mean, like bad timing, bad, bad timing. timing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting, interesting. <clears throat> interesting. So, um, continue with your notes. So I kind of jumped around a little bit after this because for me, the movie um, dragged a tiny bit, mm-hmm. kind of till we got more to the climax. Yeah. Um, I was really happy with the rotten demon face when it was partial and there was a partial crown. Yeah. I wasn't a fan of the full look. Mm-hmm. The partial like, look was great. Yeah, where it was just, it was just rotten enough. It was like mm-hmm. that idea of, yeah, something that it has potential to be human, mm-hmm. but it's corrupted. Yeah. I was that, digging that. And I, it freaked me out the most when you just see it in the background when it's walking towards the dollhouse and while yes. Luke is turning the corner, I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> what, yes. what was that? And then you kind of see it in the mirror behind him and then you see it full on. So the shot kind of wears off, but it's still like, Oh my God. Ooh. Ooh. And I'm not saying that like the full effect. I mean, I think it was a lot of hard work and everything. And my hats, my hat off to all the people that worked on that final look, but mm-hmm. that halfway look was really what top notch. Yeah. Top notch. Um, can we talk about our, our sweet, since we're at the part where, where Daniel kind of takes over. Yes. Um, so our little actor, uh, who plays Luke. Miles. Miles Robbins. Sweet baby angel. (laughs) I was like, I was like, you know, entertained by him while he was Luke. And then he, when, when Daniel takes over, oh my God, I was like, this kid is an incredible actor. Oh my God. Really good. Because he played him to a T. Yeah. It was like, that is Daniel. What that's, the hell? Yeah, that's totally this swaggery asshole. Yeah. He's really good at manipulating people. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. And just being I, creepy. Mm-hmm. But just not creepy, creepy, gross. Not creepy like Pennywise creepy, but just creepy like a real human who is a skeezy individual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so Who's only out for his own gain, like and that, that's, that kind of person. Exactly. And that is actually, um, I added this post um, when I read that interview in Room Work. The filmmakers deliberately were making a commentary on toxic masculinity and incel culture. That was all totally deliberate. <laughs> and I really applaud them for doing that. And I applaud them for... <sighs> The way that they represented those. I, mm-hmm. I can't really put too fine of a point on it, but it's like being like he wasn't a full-flown incel, mm-hmm. but he was like heading that way. Yeah. Especially when he goes to see Cassie. Yes. And 
and she basically like like pushes him or you know i don't remember how she denies him but he's like i have tried to be kind i yes. tried to be like he's basically just saying like i have done what a guy is supposed to do why you, won't owe you have me. sex with me yeah yes. you owe me oh yeah and it, yeah it was like just those right amounts of those two concepts mm-hmm. of incel and toxic masculinity yeah. that um it, it just made a great social commentary really smart uh also about that scene um cassie i love that she can see that it's not luke she's yes. like finally figured it out that what he was saying was true and she's like, this isn't Luke. And she and, you know, when she starts fighting him, she keeps calling him out like, like, give me Luke back, like bring Luke back. And yeah, yeah I loved that. I loved that a lot because she was the only person that didn't just think he was crazy. Yes. Like she knew there was something beyond the neurotypical stuff beyond the Jungian shadow self. There yeah. was like there's something actually wrong. Yeah. Oh, um, I didn't mean to say crazy. I don't like to use that word for no, but I, illness. Yeah. But yeah, everybody else was painting him as crazy and, and painting right. him as like, oh, you're just like your mom, like with the yes. schizophrenia. And and she was the one that was like, no, this is something far darker. Yes. <laughs> this is uncharted territory here. Yeah. Um, really quickly too, I was very happy how Sophie, like, she really didn't put up with that shit. Oh. from him uh yeah and like she was like you're crazy get the fuck away from me she pepper sprayed the motherfucker yeah. and i felt bad for luke but i was also like good for her dude like she yeah. saw some fucked up shit and i think that was knowing you know, what we know about these filmmakers now and their message is i was like thank you for doing that thank you for because no girl would be like oh okay but yeah. you know like like would be willing to talk to you you know after after she saw you do what you did no girl would actually be like like okay and like talk with him (laughs) she'd be like stay the fuck away from me and she would pepper spray you in the face yeah unless they had some really deep-seated stuff to work through (laughs) most people are not gonna like watch you hit a guy with a pipe yeah smash some guy's face into a burning hot pipe over and over again (laughs) and then be like you know he's just so misunderstood and like i can fix him like she's like no get the fuck away from me oh bitch go the fuck away (laughs) you're not even allowed to be on campus right now like what the fuck (laughs) um so i want to i want to touch on two points Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. one is and i i don't know how i feel about this did you feel that the movie demonizes schizophrenia or does it humanize the stigma i feel like it's a really fine line like anybody could take it either way I kind of I kind of took it as the the humanizes it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's kind of what I was leaning towards. That's that's what I lean towards as well. Mm-hmm. I would be really interested to hear somebody who is closer to schizophrenia's kind of yeah. take on this. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, like, I mean, you never want to, like, have that exploitive feeling these days. Totally. Where something, like, especially someone's mental health is, like, a plot point, and especially in a horror movie. Mm-hmm. It's like, come on, we're beyond that. Get get original. Get scary. You don't just have to, you know, use mm-hmm. real mental illness. But I like don't know. Split. I <laughs> Exactly. But I, now we know so much more about the world of DID. Mm -hmm. 
and it's really eye-opening. Extremely. Um, but yeah, I leaned the same way towards humanizing, mm-hmm. but I guess that's a conclusion you can draw as a viewer. That's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my second point, is Daniel a demon? I think he is. I think so, too. Yes. How smart was this as a way to present possession? Um, I think it was. I mean, there's a lot of back and forth with, um, you know, with people who who do struggle with severe mental illness and yeah. a lot of back and forth with like, oh, they're possessed. And or it's like, no, they're just dealing with intense dealing with schizophrenia, you know, and yeah. and it's like. I feel and and that's why the movie kind of made me a little bit nervous about that because it's like oh so are we painting people with schizophrenia as like oh they're just dealing with demons right it's, and so it, yeah that's why I feel like it could go either way but um yeah the, so I I feel yeah. a little uneasy about it but still, I still yeah. appreciated the film that's exactly how I feel and I think that it was like one of the things that made me feel more humanizing mm-hmm. was I mean obviously people who have schizophrenia like they need help they need they need a lot of help and um, it's not Scientology won't cure it no matter what they what they no matter tell you what they tell you don't give them your money <laughs> no um but it's like so when we see mom, when she's doing well, when she's clearly on like a stabilizing medication and routine, like when she's in the hospital and he's visiting her, it, she's a human. She's mom. She's who she is. And that's not how it works with Daniel. Yeah. Daniel yeah, doesn't. When he yeah. takes the pills, it's like nothing happens. Exactly. Yeah. And I appreciated that they showed some good moments from mom because that's where like a humanizing element came in for me. But also so sad that when she sees something is wrong uh-huh. and she's like, he needs help, he needs help, he needs help. And then they take her away. Exactly. And that's, that's part so of it sad. too, right? Is like she has no agency as an ill person. Yeah. And I guess that's that's the similar thing that's going on with Luke. No one's hearing him when he's saying this is like I'm being seriously tormented by this thing. And everyone is just like mental illness <laughs> and label it like here's your pills. Go. Go take your pills. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like... See me next week. I feel like it it showed... It it did. It showed both sides of it. with Just with that scene with mom. Um, It's interesting. So if we establish that Daniel is is some sort of demon, he's a bad entity. Mm -hmm. Um, I was very (laughs) attracted to the idea (laughs) that a demon would get pleasure from small acts of evil. That is much more realistic to me. Mm-hmm. Um, even like, so like the ways he fucks up Luke's life, yeah. small acts of evil that he derives power and pleasure from mm-hmm. instead of everything having to be grandiose. Cause I think that's what happens in a lot of possession and demonic Ooh, movies yeah. is everything has to be so big. And it's like, if, if we're going on the assumption that demons are real, they would derive pleasure from small acts of hatred. Yeah. Um. I mean, even it's not small, it's horrible, but even, you know, shooting up the coffee shop, you know, that's something that people who don't live in that area, they're not going to remember in five years. Yeah, that's true. But it was because it's kind of like, well, there's going to be a lot more shootings between now and then. Yeah. But it's like he got that pleasure and that evil just from that quote unquote small act. Yeah. I yeah. Like and that. just all the little things he does with Luke. And then, I mean, his his goal is to is to get Luke to die. Yes. And to to ruin his life and get him to die. And in the grand 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 scheme of things that is one person. Yeah. And 
Yeah, I think that's really interesting that it's not like he's trying to bring about, you know, the apocalypse. He's just trying to ruin one person's life. Right. One at a time. (laughs) One at a time. And that's, um, from what I understand, a lot of different things in Christianity is kind of like that. Like, yeah. Have you ever heard of, have you ever heard of the screw tape letters? It's a book by um, a Christian theologist, C.S. Lewis. He's one of my favorites. C.S. Lewis of of the Narnia? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I know Narnia. Yes, you know Narnia. So he's also written a bunch of other um, theology books, which are all amazing and really interesting. Um, Like Mere Christianity and Screwtape Letters are his two like big ones. Um, Screwtape Letters is written as it is technically a fiction. It is written from the perspective of a um, basically like... (laughs) A, a a a demon going out into the world for his first time and his uh his uncle screw tape is the demon's name uh is writing him and giving him tips on uh how to how to fuck up people's lives pretty much oh. <laughs> and it's just little tiny things like getting people to start gossiping in church you know like little things mm-hmm. like that so mm-hmm. yeah it's very and it, that's made me think of screw tape letters when you said that he takes he takes pleasure in the in the little things devil's in the details mhm yeah yeah and that that's a, that's scarier to me yeah and that the idea that somebody could be going through this and going through this stuff and outsiders would have no idea yeah. that what's really happening. Mm-hmm. Oof. Oof. Oof, right? Big oof, dude. That's like what, like for me, like I said, the movie was, it was good. Um, There was a little parts where it dragged a bit for me, pacing mm-hmm. wise, but um, I like, I like that these filmmakers went there with a lot of this like concept stuff. Yeah. I agree. Very it's, interesting. It's, it's, it it was a, it was a while I was watching it and after I wasn't like you know I I wasn't sitting like wow this is an incredible movie. Yeah. It was like that was that was an interesting movie. That's an interesting take. And but it's brought about a lot of really great conversation. <laughs> so exactly. It it achieved what it was going for. I'd like to see more from the dude that directed this. Yeah, me too. Adam Egypt Mortimer. There we go. See, that's a cool name. Quite a name. That is a cool name. Um, Oh, but this is based on a novel. Yes. And I felt bad because I was like, damn it, I would have read it first. Yeah, for real. I want to read it. (laughs) Read it now. Oh, geez. Oh, this picture of Daniel when he takes off his shirt in the class and he has the answers to the test written on all written all over him. Yeah. I'm just like, you sly devil. You're he he plays it up really well. He like is like, I'm here to help you. I'm here to be your friend. I mean, yep. Master manipulator. Bull. Bull. Gross. And there's people that are like that. And maybe those people are demons. Yep. And maybe no. those people are demons. They <laughs> love it. Unfortunately, I think they're all too human, which is the, the problem. That's the problem. Would it be easier if they were all just demons? Also, that poor therapist, he had no idea what he was getting into. <laughs> so, yeah, that's like, I do recommend this movie to people. Yeah. But go into it more for the concepts than the story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm really interested to see more from all of these actors. Me too. Especially Miles. Little cutie. Yeah. I'm very excited to see what he's going to do. He's young. He's a little guy. A <laughs> little guy. He's a little guy. How old are you, Miles? Oh, shit. He's a year older than me. <laughs> <laughs> he looks so young. Oh, he's a youngin. He's a baby face. He reads like 1920. He was in the new Halloween? What? What? He was he's like Dave? A Who the fuck is Dave? <laughs> 
It might he might have been a boyfriend of the granddaughter or something. I don't remember. I have to watch it again. There was a boyfriend and a friend. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm that looking. That had to be him. Oh, it must be the friend then, because the boyfriend is that curly hair guy. Maybe he's like just some random guy in like the pizza parlor or something. Oh, I found him. Found him. He's a he's the oh he's the boyfriend. He was wearing the um he's wearing the overalls. Oh my god. Okay, he did look familiar to me, and now like yeah. Oh no, we're freezing again. Oh no, maybe that's our sign. We got to wrap. It's our sign. We got to wrap it up. We've talked about all the things we want to talk. Did you go through all your notes? Went through all my notes. Awesome. Did I provide? We watched that. Did I provide a good spine for you with my notes? Yeah. And that okay, definitely all the things that I wanted to talk about, and definitely help me remember some things. So that's great. You take great notes. Lit witch. Lit witch. Escribo. The lit witch. Um, uh, this was awesome. I'm really sad that we didn't have the three of us here, same. but two thirds is better than no slumber party at all. True. Everybody hug each other tight if you're already quarantined together. Mm-hmm. Be kind to your friends and neighbors. Check in on your friends. Call them, text them. Be real with each other because yeah. right now is a weird time. So watch some scary movies and... You know, be kind to yourself right now. What else should they do? Um, they should uh, subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> they should subscribe. Uh, to the Spooky Slumber Party uh, on the podcast app and also Spotify and also Stitcher. Uh, yep. Also follow us on Instagram. Watch our lives. Watch I was our gonna, lives. I was going to say they should stay. Light as a feather. Stiff as a board. Summer party. Light as a feather. Stiff as a board.